Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope this finds you and yours doing well. And I want to thank you very much for joining me. I am recording this once again in my hotel room in Franca, Brazil. And having just a a wonderful, wonderful time here in Brazil. The people here have been just so incredibly, incredibly gracious. And we have had about 600, maybe 600 and a little change of people coming to this seminar And it has been great. Uh, It really has. People are just eating up the material. I'm preaching through a translator, a young man named Yvonne. And uh, he's 27 years old, I believe. And he is a pastor, a young pastor. And he is translating for me. And some of the the phrases, the expressions that we have in English don't translate in Portuguese. And uh, I'm I try to be cognizant of that, but every once in a while, I'll let one slip in. Like I'll say, uh, uh, well, I'm going to chase a rabbit here for a second. And <laughs> and uh, it just does not, uh, it doesn't translate into Portuguese. They don't know what what you're talking about, like chase a rabbit. What, what do you mean you're going to chase a rabbit? You're preaching. What, how are you going to chase a rabbit? So uh, it's, it's kind of funny, but uh, but we are making it through. And and people are, are very gracious and here and very warm and are really, really appreciative of the teaching and are just eating it up. And uh, many, many people in this seminar this, that are coming to this conference have come out of the Word of Faith movement. God has saved them out of it. And so uh, they're just very, very hungry. It's a great church that I'm at, too. A uh, great church. I, I want to tell you more about it maybe in a, a future program here uh, soon, soon, maybe here in the next few days. I want to tell you more about this church and let you know what's going on here in Brazil because it is quite encouraging. So, all right, well, let us get back to the matter at hand. We have been talking about the theological cult known as the Jehovah's Witnesses. And in our previous program, talked a little bit about how they reject the Trinity. They believe, the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that God is one person rather than one being. Uh, the Bible does indeed teach that God is one, but he is one being, not one person. He is three persons. And we also talked about how the Jehovah's Witnesses reject Jesus as God. They do not believe that he is God. In fact, I read a statement to you right from their own website uh, saying that we do not believe that Jesus is God. We do not, excuse me, we do not honor him as our Savior and as the Son of God. Uh, or excuse me, they, they say we do honor him as our Savior and as the Son of God, uh, but they say we have learned from the Bible that Jesus is not Almighty God and there's no scriptural basis for the Trinitarian doctrine. And they say, quote, we do not worship Jesus as we do not believe that he is Almighty God. So they call themselves Christians, but no, they are not because they do not believe that Jesus is God. They will acknowledge he's the Son of God but not God himself. And they also believe that Jesus was a created being. And we talked about that. Colossians 1.15 is their 
uh, go-to text for that. And also discussed how they reject the Holy Spirit as God. Now, uh, I want to explore this just a little bit further with regarding their doctrine um, of, of God and him being one person rather than one being. And uh, some of the issues dealing with their rejection of the Trinity. And I want to make this statement. I've made it before, but I want you to hear it again. Uh, because next time you have a Jehovah's Witness knock on your door, this might be something good to tell them. Because if you get into Trinitarian discussion with them, they you will likely hear them say, "Well, that just makes no sense. That how can you? How could there be one God in three? Uh, because they they think that that is uh, polytheism. They think that we believe in three gods. We do not believe in three gods. We believe in one God." in three persons, but they just do not understand that, and they reject that. Now, I give them room, okay, now don't don't stone me here, but listen, I give them room for not understanding the Trinity, because I do not understand the Trinity. I cannot wrap my little pea brain, finite, fallen mind around the Trinity. I, I can't. When I think about one God in three persons, uh, each of whom is uh, completely and fully God in and of himself, and yet still one God, I, I can't, um, my mind doesn't go there. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around that. So I don't, my problem with the Jehovah's Witnesses is not that they do not understand the Trinity, because I think if we're honest, None of us can fully understand the Trinity. We, we can't because God is so far so far above us. And you've heard me before talk about how we should not check our brains at the door uh, to be a Christian. And, and no, we should not. I am uh, always encouraging people to engage their mind and engage their intellect. And uh, when it comes to the things of, of God and when it comes to the things of, of the Bible, we do not check our brains at the door. Absolutely not. But there's nothing wrong with admitting that when it comes to the Trinity, there is a mystery there. there we cannot wrap our minds around it. It's, it's beyond us. Our minds are finite. God is infinite. We are fallen. He is holy. And so it, is, it, is, uh, not, it should not cause us concern that we can't fully wrap our minds around the Trinity and understand the Trinity. Now, that having been said... The problem comes when the Jehovah's Witnesses reject the Trinity, when they say that they do not believe in the Trinity. There's the rub. That's the problem. Even though I cannot understand the Trinity, I absolutely believe in the Trinity. I believe that God is one God in three persons. I believe he is one being in three persons. I do not believe that God is one person. He is not one person. He is one being in three persons. So uh, they, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not understand because they, like all of us, are fallen and our intellects are fallen. However, they do not believe in the Trinity because they are not saved. They do not believe in the Trinity because they are not saved. You and I believe in the Trinity because we are saved and we are indwelt 
by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit is the one who illumines the meaning of God's word to our hearts and to our minds. And so we believe in the Trinity, even though we do not understand it intellectually, we believe it. We believe in the Trinity. They do not believe because they are not saved. That's a very important uh, distinction, and it's a, a distinction that I wish that I had uh, been quick on my feet and um, been uh, a little bit quicker on my feet and, and thought to have said that to John and Patricia as I was witnessing to them. So uh, I didn't. Hindsight, I wish I had. I just, just didn't think about it, but uh, I wish I, I had. So next time you talk to a Jehovah's Witness, if a discussion about the Trinity comes up, you might want to say to them, well, yes, I understand how you cannot understand the Trinity. I cannot understand it, but I do believe in it because the Bible teaches it. You do not believe in it because you are not saved. You are not indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, who is a person, by the way. Uh, and they reject that. So if they reject the personhood of the Holy Spirit, it would be very natural that they would not believe in the Trinity because it is the Holy Spirit of God who, who gives us faith to believe in the Trinity. And while we're talking about the Trinity, I want to discuss for a moment some of these analogies that people try to uh, put out there uh, to explain the Trinity. And, and there's a number of them. I'm sure you've heard of them. And, uh, but, but they all break down, dear friends. There's not an analogy out there that is adequate in uh, describing or explaining the Trinity. You may have heard people say, well, the Trinity is like a person. Because, um, for example, uh, a man who is a husband, a father, and a grandfather. He's all three. He's a husband, a father, and a grandfather. I, by the way, <laughs> you're a humble host. I am a husband, a father, and a grandfather. People say, well, that's like the Trinity. Uh, uh, he's uh, This man is a husband, he's a father, he's a grandfather, all at the same time, but he's still one person. Well, that's a terrible analogy. In fact, uh, that was an analogy that uh, someone gave my grandson, Joshua, whom you may have heard in a previous program here a few weeks ago, uh, someone told Joshua that about the Trinity, that the Trinity is like being a husband, a father, a grandfather all in one, or um, a, a, a mother, a wife, and a grandmother all in one. But that, that's, not, that's a terrible analogy for the Trinity because a husband, a father, a grandfather, or a wife, a mother, and a grandmother is still one person still one person. And that analogy is more like modalism than it is anything else. It's more like uh, the, the uh, theology of T.D. Jakes or you know, a United Pentecostal group. So don't ever use that analogy. Don't, don't use that. You may have heard somebody say, well, the Trinity is like an egg. You've got the shell and you've got the, the, uh, the white, whatever that's called. I can't remember. And then you've got the yolk. What's a white called, by the way? What is that? White, white of an egg, I guess. But anyway, I've heard that analogy too. A trinity is like an egg. You've got a, a shell, the white part, and the yolk. And three in one. Three parts, one egg. Well, that's not a good analogy either because each part of the egg is not equal in substance and nature to the other parts. The shell is very different from the white part, and the white part is very different from the yolk, and the yolk very different from the shell, and all that. So it's it's that's you can't use that. That's a terrible analogy, because each member of the 
Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are equal in substance, character, and nature. So uh, forget the husband, father, and grandfather. Forget the egg. And also forget the analogy of Trinity is like water. Have you heard this one? Trinity is like water. Water can be a liquid. Water can be solid. And water can also be a vapor. And so the Trinity is like water. Well, no, the Trinity is not at all like water because um, water cannot be all three of those different states at the same time. Water cannot be liquid and a solid at the same time. Water cannot be a solid and a liquid or a vapor uh, at the same time. So uh, you got to reject that truth as well. So there is no analogy. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25. Sorry for the background noise, some uh, activity out there in the hallway. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25 says this, God speaking, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25. To whom will you compare me, and who is my equal? To whom will you compare me, and who is my equal? Now, some people have taken this as a challenge. Well, let's see, who can we compare God to? It's a challenge. But this is not a challenge. The point of what God is saying is here is, is that you can't. There is no one to whom you can compare God. And there is no one who is his equal. And so Isaiah 40 verse 25, to whom will you compare me and who is my equal? Or, or trying to find a, an analogy that explains a trinity. It's not like... This is not trying to figure out a theological Rubik's Cube, dear friends. The point is, is that you can't. The point is, is that there is no one to whom you can compare to God. And there is no one who is his equal. There is not an analogy out there that explains him. That's the point. That's who God is. This this is how magnificent he is. This is how beautiful he is. This is how awesome he is. This is how holy he is. There is no one that you can compare to God. No one. There's no thing out there uh, that you can compare to God. He defies all description. He defies all comparisons. And there's no one whom you can compare him to. He is unique. Remember, we went through the attributes of God. And By the way, uh, I've been thinking about going through those attributes of God again Kind of, um, we did them week by week uh, a year ago when we were going through this, uh, week by week. But now that my program is daily, I'm just wondering if I might have some more listeners now. And if, if you would find it beneficial that we take maybe, oh, what, maybe uh, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, maybe 10 or 15 programs to go through all of God's attributes again in a very um, kind of a rapid fire day, day after day after day after day session and uh, go through those again. If, if any of you would like that, please email me. Let me know. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about. I've added a little bit to my um, uh, discussion on attributes of God as well. So if you would like to hear that again, uh, let me know. And that's that may be something that we can do in the future. Okay, so Isaiah forty twenty five. To whom will you compare me? No one. Who is my equal? No one. Can't do it. God is unique. He is above all. And so there's no one to whom we can compare him. The Bible gives clear testimony that God is a triune God. 
one God in three persons. One God, three persons. One being. God is one being, but he is three persons. Consider this. Consider these actions in, excuse me, in which all three members of the one God participate in, or participated in, I should say, probably. Uh, the act of creation. The, in the act of creation, all three members of the Godhead were involved. God the Father, uh, Genesis 1, uh, God, God the Holy Spirit, Genesis 1 as well, uh, Genesis 1 and 2, uh, God the Son. We see that in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. We see that in uh, Romans 11. We see that in John chapter 1. So you have, you have each of the three members of the Godhead involved in the act of creation. So each of the three members of the Godhead creates. Each of the three members of the Godhead raised Jesus from the dead. God the Father raised him from the dead. Jesus raised himself from the dead. Remember, Jesus said, I have the authority to lay down my life and I have the authority to take it up again. So there is a sense in which Jesus raised himself from the dead. And the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, I believe it is. don't have that in front of me. It's off the top of my head. But 1 Peter 3, 18, uh, Peter said, For Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, having been put to death in the flesh, but quickened, made alive by the Spirit. 1 Peter 3, 18. I'm almost certain it's verse 18. So you have all three members of the Godhead actively involved, in raising Jesus bodily from the dead. Uh, you have all three members of the Godhead in the act of salvation. God the Father saves. Jesus saves. The Holy Spirit saves because he is the one who convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. He is the one who regenerates. He is the one who baptizes us into the body of Christ. That's the act of regeneration. Jesus saves us. The Holy Spirit saves us. God saves us. So you have each of the three members of the Godhead active, actively involved in all of these different actions and activities. Also, dealing with Jesus Christ, the Jehovah's Witnesses deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus. This is your next uh, point here. The Jehovah's Witnesses deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus. They assert that God recreated Jesus in his resurrection. Jesus became immortal at his recreation. Uh, they assert that he was not immortal while a man on earth. Okay, now let that sink in for just a minute. They assert that when Jesus, when Jesus was on earth doing his ministry, he was not immortal. That uh, That if he had not been crucified, he would have... Uh, died of old age. He was, not, he was just a man, just a man like the rest of us. They say that Jesus became immortal at his resurrection, but his resurrection was not a physical bodily resurrection. They teach that Jesus' resurrection was a spiritual resurrection. He wasn't really resurrected as much as he was recreated. recreated. Really, the Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe it's really not accurate to say that they believe in the resurrection of Jesus. Now, if you would ask a Jehovah's Witness, do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus? If they're standing at your door, they would probably tell you yes. But 
ask them this question. Do you believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus? And if they're intellectually honest and honest to what they believe, they would have to say no, because they don't. They don't believe that. They don't believe that Jesus was resurrected. They believe that he was recreated. Recreated. I'm going to read this to you from the Jehovah's Witness website. And I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not putting words in their mouth. This is right from the J-Dub website. Quote, after Jesus died, God restored him to life as a spirit person. Spirit person. Spiritual resurrection. Spiritual recreation, not a physical resurrection. And on their website, may I just say that if you've ever gotten one of their uh, publications, some of their literature, or been on their website, may I just say that I find their illustrations downright creepy. Their drawings of God and Jesus, I just found it, ew, found it, found it downright creepy. The, this one on their website shows God the Father sitting on a throne. He's wearing what sure looks to me like a turban. And uh, I mean, go to the JW website, jw.org, and uh, God the Father looks like he's looks like he's got a turban on his head. So, <laughs> so it's anyway, I digress, but I find it creepy. So they don't believe that Jesus was bodily raised from the dead. They believe he was recreated as a spirit person. Never mind statements such as what Jesus made in Luke chapter twenty-four, verse thirty-nine. Luke twenty-four, verse thirty-nine. This is after Jesus' bodily resurrection. Jesus said, See, behold, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. What about that is unclear? What, what, how, do, how do they miss that? What, what's going on? What, what, how do they miss that? I mean, it's pretty clear, is it not? Look at my hands and my feet, said Jesus. It's I myself. Touch me. Touch me. See for a spirit, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Jesus had flesh and bones in his bodily resurrection, in his resurrected body. Flesh and bones. And guess what? He still does. He still does have flesh and bones. Remember Jesus was eating, um, cooking fish on the beach? For the disciples, remember that after his resurrection, Jesus ate. So this is, um, yeah, this is a. I, I don't know how they get around statements like that, dear friends. It was the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ that uh, secured our salvation, that secured his victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Jesus was bodily raised from the dead, and also. Well, I tell you what, we are out of time. So uh, we will finish up. It won't take us long. We'll finish up their doctrine of Christ in our next program and then get into what they teach about salvation, what they teach about salvation. All right, dear friends, thank you very much for joining me. I hope that this program and these programs have been helpful for you. Look into the AW uh, theology, their organization. So next time one wrapped on your door. I hope you're taking notes. You'll have these notes and be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within you. Until our next time together, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, 
you may contact him at justinpeters.org.